The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. and J-Rap Show presents Tangents with Friends. Your source for pop culture. Geek News. Movies and television. Anything else? But no sports. And now here are your hosts, Joe Mays and friends. Welcome back, everyone, to Tangents with Friends, a look at pop culture, entertainment, film, television, whatever we want to talk about, but I'm not here alone. Joining me this afternoon are our regular sitting guests, and I'm going to try something different here. They won't be able to hear it, but I am going to do a little bit of an intro theme for each of the Berenshausen brothers, and first up, <laughs> what I could find here... Uh, See if this works. Oh, ah, there we go. This is for Mr. Brent Berenshausen. Brent, how you doing? I'm doing good. Now, what I'm playing for you is I selected Duel of the Fates. Ooh, yes. I shouldn't have said that. Been that like happy when I said I should. This, this is Brent. <laughs> right. Dark yeah. Lord of the Brent. That's perfect. Perfect. Keep that up. That's good. Okay. Let's go with that this whole <laughs> Keep that episode. Keep up for 45 minutes. Exactly, yes. That's exactly what we want to do. So I don't know how much John Williams is going to like this this episode of Tangents, but uh, this is very cool, Joey. <laughs> I can't hear any music, so I, my, whatever I get, it's going to be a mystery. No, well, I, 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 yeah, I you guys, music. I mean, we could set it up where I have you in a mix minus to the mixer and you could hear everything, um, but it's just so much easier to just plop you on the iPhone and plug you in. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. No, so. I don't I don't need to it'll, because it'll just create feedback, but... You know, no, well, the mix minus hear, actually like... eliminates that. And I've had, when you've t- called in on Skype in the past, we've been able to do that without uh, any mm. issues. Um, so we, we can we can come up with something in the future. Um, but for you, Brian, let's see if I can get this to work for you. Um, let's see. Here we go. So joining us also is Brian Berenshausen. And Brian intro music is the Ghostbusters theme, but it is the Elmer Bernstein score version. Yes, nice. 
it's, it's building to that. We're, we're getting there. One but, of my favorite songs, uh, and when you play the Ghostbusters video game, and that's the that's the menu select music, and like I remember, you know, whatever it was, 10, 15, 10 years ago, thirteen years ago, when the Ghostbusters video game first came out, and I put that game in, and uh, it fired 11, up, and then yeah. we got to the menu screen and it started playing that. I was like, I could have cried. I was so happy. It's so because it was just so. It was just so good, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, I, and I didn't want to do main title theme for Brent. I wanted something a little different, and I just thought uh, Duel of the Fates is uh, one that most people know and is a very strong one. Um, you know, Obviously, I really love Across the Stars, but I thought the love theme was pushing it a little bit, maybe. Uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't want to make any assumptions there. Uh, and But then for Brian, I was just like, oh, we got to get a little Elmer Bernstein in here. That'd there be we perfect go. Uh, intro music. So if we do the the Did mix minus the next time, the uh, vinyl of the score. Oh yeah, when the I've, score I've came out couple, on, on uh, vinyl. Yeah, I've got an original copy. Uh, I have a re-release copy, like an older re-release copy, and then I have the more recent one. I think the one that smelled like marshmallows that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. got that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, it, it, so that, that that that's probably a topic for another day. But the Elmer Bernstein Ghostbusters score on CD was like my white whale for years. Like yeah. I had a, a ripped copy, like uh, thanks to uh, some some ghost heads globally who were able to procure and and help me at least listen to the score digitally because for a while it was available in on on vinyl and and on CD. But you know the Ghostbusters one stuff on cd was like coming out sort of like at the genesis of cds so that the score was available on cd um but it was just impossible to find and i never did find an original and i used to look and look that was like the thing i would do whenever i'd go to vintage music stores whenever i'd go to flea markets or like anything like that and then they re-release the score and it's incredible and it's got extra stuff and it's just it's remastered and it's awesome but it sort of takes the wind out of it a little bit it's like well now i have this new thing right i I mean i technically have it but like i never did find that elusive cd of the ghostbusters score yeah uh ghostbusters music has always been an interesting uh thing to chase down so it's nice to have a few copies Mm -hmm. Usually when yeah. they come out with it, um, I, I'm interested in it. But I think that I think one actually came out in the last year or so. But I don't believe I got that one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm not 100 percent sure. You got one for me that I still have that's like glow in the dark, or is that just the theme song? Is that like the? Um, uh, I don't know. If... Ray Parker Jr. You remember one I think year? That's it was just like... the Ray Parker Jr. single. Yeah, yeah I have that. Yeah. Because you had gotten that from me, I think Joey. When like I moved to this house, it was like a housewarming gift. Like here's a vinyl. Oh, of, okay. Uh, it's like a gold glow in the dark. Like it had Ghostbusters uh, logo on it, and it, and it was like glow in the dark or something like that. I think I still I haven't. No, I yeah. don't think I still have it. I know I know I still have it. I know exactly where it is. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So today we're going to be talking more about um, toys and collectibles. Um, probably lean towards more vintage, like uh, like actual older toys. You know, we're talking 70s, 80s, and, and at this point people will probably think things in the 90s are uh, getting to that point as well. I, I know we Definitely. are anxiously waiting for the retro versions of some of our vintage toys. And I think mm-hmm. maybe one of the reasons we're anxious to get these re-releases is because it'll be fun to tear them open and uh, display them or allow or eventually allow our children to play with them. But that brings up an interesting point of 
going back to the vintage angle is people find vintage toys. You always hear about uh, just these cases of old toys being found. Like they were just in like an old employee's basement somewhere. And, you know, then they hit the secondary market and people buy them. But there's some people that are looking for those mint on card or mint in box sealed. They get them graded and that's what they want. They want them for the collectible and the display. And then there's others that like to have them. They like to let them breathe. They like to have them open. They like to have them all displayed like that. I think all of us, the three of us have all unique perspectives, although I think they're going to be relatively similar. We each display our collections now differently, but I think it comes down to the type of toy or collectible we're talking about, whether or not we want to open or let them in the packaging. And one of the more minute questions I think we want to talk about is finding sealed vintage toys, you know, stuff from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Do we want to open those because you're a loose collector type of thing? So, um, you know, Brent, why don't you take us through your overall thoughts on the age-old collecting question of to open or not to open? Well, I um, I I would consider myself uh, gener- gen- uh, generally a loose collector. I have um, thousands of Star Wars figures loose. Um, and the reason I would say for that was because, like, when I first started, quote-unquote, collecting action figures, I mean, I was a kid. I was four years old. You know what I mean? So or three or four, whatever I was when, when I first got, you know, action figures. Mm -hmm. So the figures that I had growing up were ones that I actually played with. Like I I played with them, you know what I mean? And, and so there was always that aspect of the figures that I liked that, that were like, okay, these are, these are fun to play with out of the package. And even as I got older, I still opened them up because I appreciated the posability of them or the, 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 the ability to display the figures in a way that they couldn't be displayed um if i were to if i were to open them uh, or if i were to keep them in a package rather so um but this this is one of those things that I, i've gone back and forth i still have a lot of figures in the package specifically vintage star wars figures in the package still um i have some modern star wars figures in the package stuff stuff that i've decided to get doubles or things that are maybe co- comic-con exclusives that i don't feel like would you know, necessarily it, it outweighs it to keep it in the package because of the value of it. Um, and it has maybe special packaging that makes it kind of unique. Um, so I've kept some of those items in the package, but I've always been kind of aired on the side of opening up. Having said that, all of the all of the sequel trilogy Star Wars figures that I've purchased, I haven't opened a single one. Um, I always thought I would maybe just have a day where i'm really bored and just like open up a bunch of a bunch of figures and maybe if we want to get that on video today we could we could do that if we're really bored um but uh but you know i because for a lot of those figures they're not worth ton more in the package than they are out of the package and i was for for the majority of them and you know i i always kind of like to display the figures out of the package as opposed to in the package the other thing i'm going to say and i'll I'll keep this really short because i'm kind of going on here but one of the things that action figures don't have now that they had a lot 
that were a lot better when we were kids. Like if you look at your Ghostbusters figures, and we talked about this a little bit last week, Joey. And Joey, you mentioned this specifically last week when you talked about your popper gun was the unique artwork on these figures from back in the day, the 70s and 80s. All the cards for these figures had their own unique artwork for them. You know, nowadays you don't necessarily see that as much anymore. You know what I mean? They had they, uh, companies like Kenner would hire actual artists to draw like paintings for for the for these for these figures and for these play sets and stuff like that. Um, you don't see that nearly as much anymore. Um, if you look at if you look at He-Man figures, if you look at um, GI Joe figures, if you look at Thundercats figures, if you look at Star Wars figures, even Star Wars, like the pictures on the cards were all unique to the to the character. So that is, I think, even even more cool in terms of like displaying that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'll let somebody else talk right now. But that's just kind of my 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 two cents. Yeah, Brian, what what about you when it comes to any kind of collection you've done and maybe how it's changed over the years from the time, uh, you know, you were a kid, obviously we're all opening things up then because we want to play with them. But as you got older and you still held on to these things or you collected new things, what did you generally favor? Did you go one way or the other or is it kind of item dependent? It, it, it's kind of item dependent and in that item dependency is one of the reasons I, I enjoy talking about this and I wanted to bring it to you both today because I wanted to kind of see where you draw your lines you know um, like for so for toys I had when I was younger I, I you know I don't necessarily consider that collecting because I bought the toys specifically to to play with right and so you know so that you know, but when I when I got into collecting specifically, like buying the toy to not necessarily for its primary use of being played with, but for a secondary use of like being displayed or like accruing value or something like that, then I consider that collecting. And when I started collecting, I was collecting primarily boxed stuff, Marvel figures, Star Wars figures, um, things like that. But they were all uh, contemporary, right? I wasn't buying you know, vintage figures. And when I was doing that vintage would have been like, you know, seventies, eighties type stuff. And I was buying in the nineties and two thousands, but I eventually sold all that stuff because. Why? Thank you. What's that? I thank you for that. Oh, I bought a few, I bought a few things from you. So yeah, that's true. You do have some of my pieces of my extreme ghostbusters. Yeah. I have some of my RGB stuff. Yep. Um, and I eventually sold those things because taking care of them, uh, one, taking care of them is very tough. You have to be, the boxes are so, uh, brittle and they're so, you know, susceptible to wear and bending and like doing the work of taking care of them is tough. Second, I moved a lot. And so moving vintage carded stuff is just it's it's just just a pain, uh, and I also collect uh, video games, and so I used to collect boxed, you know, NES, for example, is my my character focus, if you will, going back to our previous episode. But, uh, I you know I used to collect box, but I eventually sold all my boxes, right? Because I just uh, and it was great, it was very lucrative, and I could buy a lot more games. But I just it was just it's just too hard to keep it. Uh, to keep the stuff nice when you're moving around and when you're and and plus boxes take up a lot of room and they limit your uh, displayability of things right so I did uh, now I would consider consider myself primarily a loose collector so whenever I get new toys 
I pretty much opened them up immediately. Like I just got some new, I don't collect X-Men anymore, but I like Dazzler. So I got the new, I got both new Dazzler figures, opened them up and all really? you know, the new what, Ghostbusters what, stuff. What are those? Are those, the, are those like the Marvel, um, what are they called? Marvel, Marvel uh, legends. Legends figures. There, yeah, the legends. There's a Dazzler uh, Legends, and she's in nice. her disco outfit with roller skates on. It's in, it's That's an so incredible cool. figure. And then the new line is she's in her sort of '80s headband, uh, starburst on the chest uh, yep. outfit, which is also That's awesome. So cool. But they're doing those in now in vintage packaging. So if you remember X Men figures from yep. the '90s, yep. they're sort of like the, the orange the and blue and yellow. Yeah. Toy biz, right? They look exactly stuff. like the yep. old toy biz. I've seen them. Yep. Yeah, they're so cool. Yep. So awesome. They, they're yeah. incredible. The figures are incredible. And so I have, uh, I have Dazzler in that costume as well. And when I purchased those, there was no, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to open them. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, and I'll, I'll get. That's actually a, an interesting scenario that I want to come back to: is the Dazzler, the Disco Dazzler. So when I buy figures now, it's primarily to open them. But I have this sort of tendency where if I'm a loose collector, I don't just want to buy any old loose figure. Like, let's say I'm putting together a line and I don't just want to go to a yard sale and buy somebody's, you know, loose, loose figure from their childhood just so I can have, you know, screaming heroes, race dance to set up. I like it to look nice, right? I want it to be nice. Right. And so the nicest you can get is if you buy it, if you buy it in package, right? So right. there's sometimes, you know, and I've done this with video game stuff where I've bought a vintage thing that's mint in package, but I've opened it because right. I didn't think, I didn't pay a lot for it. I wanted to display it and I didn't like the way the box was wearing, for example. Um, I, and I, I wanted to display it in a certain way that the box wouldn't allow me to do. So I would open it, right? And I'd get mm -hmm. rid of the vintage the packaging, you get rid of the box and everything. Uh, and I, I saw some videos, which I sent you of people doing this with action figures too, purchasing, you know, they're, they're star mm -hmm. Wars collectors, for example, and they want the best quality loose figure they can get. Well, how do you get the best quality loose figure you can get? You buy yeah. it mint on card and you open it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, uh, I, I draw the line though, in certain places, like I, I would not consider myself, I would not go that far as to, as to buy a vintage, packaged uh a vintage packaged figure or toy and and open it depending on how old it is i think it, it really what it comes down to is how old it is yeah. and and how desirable it is to others because in my mind there's somebody out there and there there's somebody out there in the world who's been dying to get this thing men in packet because there's collectors that do that and mm -hmm. i'm taking it away from, i feel like i'm taking it away from that person you know like yeah i feel like if they bought it, they would, I have it in the condition, the exact condition that they would want it and it would make, you know, complete their line or something. Right. And I opened it. So I just feel like I'm taking it from somebody and, and using it in a way that somebody else would get more enjoyment out of. Well, there's a lot so of factors. The ideal... that... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a lot of factors that go into that too. Like when you think about like, you were talking about that the the YHS Ramba unpackaging, right? Right. That one right. to me would have been something that I would have steered away for per, from personally because first of all, if you open if you buy a a forty dollar Dazzler figure and you open up and now the value is now twenty five dollars as opposed to forty dollars, but you're you're getting out mm -hmm. of it what you want, right? But something right. like Star Wars, the difference between that is like an eighty dollar loose figure. Or like a two hundred and fifty dollar in package figure or three hundred dollar figure, <laughs> right, right? Right. Now, if right. that if that box was completely 
ripped to shreds and it was in yeah. terrible condition but it was completely intact in the in the mm -hmm. bubble then right. by all means then then open it up you know what mm -hmm. i mean but mm -hmm. when it's mm -hmm. like that that figure was in decent condition you know for them to mm -hmm. for them to just kind of rip it open i mean i'm not i'm not like mad at them for doing that everybody if they purchase it they're allowed to do anything they want with it but mm -hmm. you know if that were me i would say okay well i want to keep this one in the package and if i get one that's maybe a better uh, better quality or, or better um you know uh condition then i'll open this one or whatever sure. or well or you remember the yhs you know? the why and again i don't i'm not picking on these folks i mean they like you said they bought it they do what they want but this is just the video i watched this week their argument was well the figure is essentially worth the same amount of money in the package as it is out of the package. And they used eBay searches to demonstrate that, right? So if I search on it, mint out, mint out of package and mint in package, it's essentially the same. In package was maybe right. a little couple dollars more That's or true. worth more. That's true. Yeah. So, so that was their argument. But I think that kind of misses the point. For me, that misses the point. And I think this is, you said it well when you said it is, you know, it's how you want to use it. And what it's going to, not the monetary value, but the value to somebody in terms of completing their collection, right? You can't right. put a monetary value on that. So I don't right. necessarily care if the figure is worth $600 out of the package and $800 in the package, like, or, or, or 600 in and 600 out. If right. I have it and it's in and I want it out, uh, I'm, I'm still reluctant to do it because somebody else might want it in the package and, and that is that you know this might be their that thing right that they want and they're not making any more so once i open it another one is out of the world it's out of circulation it's gone right mm -hmm. and it decreases right. their chances of having that thing right so right. for me it's not the monetary it's not like well it's worth just the same in or out so it doesn't really matter for me it's like yes but this one's in and it survived 30 years right and so if yeah. i can get one that's mint out of package without destroying essentially the this one the value being you know, this is going to complete somebody's collection in the condition that they want it. I don't, I just feel bad doing it, you know? Right. Well, perfect example. I, I totally agree with you. Perfect example. I kind of describe, I think what we're doing is like, what we're talking about is, is to use more like the baseball card analogy, because like, you know, if you look at, I, I don't really collect baseball cards as much nearly as much as I used to as a, as a kid, when we were really into that stuff in the, in the late eighties and early nineties. But those cards from back then aren't really worth anything anymore because they printed literally millions of them and even today if you buy a a, a factory sealed uh like box of wax a wax box of, of 1989 tops cards you might for like an entire box of 36 packs packs you might pay like ten dollars for it, which is cheap super yeah. cheap right because yeah it's not because of the age i mean those are really old cards now like those were what we considered vintage cards in 89 or 88 88 don russ are even more or even more like um cheap they're like five bucks for a whole box of them right because not not because of uh of of the age but because of how hot how widely they they were produced you know and what people want to do with them like what are people going to do with them they just open up a pack of, a box of those cards you know so um it's it's i think it comes down to like also something like that how many of them are in mm -hmm. circulation like you said even after mm -hmm. all these mm -hmm. years later there's you know 30 some years later and there's still plenty of those cards in circulation which is why you can still buy a case of, of uh, a box of 88 right. don rust for eight for five dollars a box you know what i mean right. so it right. comes down to rarity too like how many yak faces on cards exist 
and how many yeah. of those Rumba figures, uh, Ewok <laughs> figures, are yeah. on the card? Probably a lot mm -hmm. more Rumba figures than than you know. Yak so face. than Yak face. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. it's kind of that goes into the factor too. Like so, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you a, a, a figure that rare? You know, why would you open it? Or if there's lots of them out there that are like that, then go go mm -hmm. for it. Oh, feel free to crack it open. You know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I I completely I'm right there with you guys. I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, and just to be clear, like obviously this is not <laughs> a a dig in any way. Yes, have some and Craig and Abigail and Jake because well you can do whatever. No, you want no, definitely your, not. Your I mean, I, well, I enjoyed watching the video. Yeah, well, right. You don't know watching it. <laughs> you may not know this, Brian, but last uh, yesterday they got a package in the mail, and it was an Impact Ecto Glow Ray Stance figure. Perfectly impacted. That oh my god, that's his. That's his holy grail. Guess who got it for him? <laughs> Joey Mays bought it for him. Oh no! But, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you can technically <laughs> look at it that way that I bought it for him. But I mean, it's just because I had extras. I had a, a few of the Ecto Glow line, um, and I figured why keep mm -hmm. out everything to myself. And he was looking for one that I actually had three of. So. Oh, wow. I didn't know that you yeah. had three of that. Yeah, I, I was going through some things, and I think I got an extra one in a lot that I had bought years ago. Because, I well, way back in 20 – it was one of the first years I was back here. I want to say somewhere between 2010, 2011, 2012, like early times moving mm -hmm. back into the area. I found an extra glow set on eBay, and I bought it. And at the time, it was a lot of money, but I got the entire set. And they were all crisp cards unpunched from a Kenner employee, which is how you want yeah. to get stuff if you're a right. mint on yeah. card, yeah. mint in sealed card box collector, collector sure. like I am. So that was, I think, my first major vintage Ghostbusters purchase was these set of Ectoglow figures. And I immediately found mm -hmm. the cheap plastic cases to put them in because they were, I mean, the cards are, are I got to say, they're at least nines, you know, and you're grading them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And they're all unpunched. Uh, well, wow. over the years, I, I bought you know random lots on eBay or would find you know a trade with people online, and I ended up getting. Um, I have two. I at the one time I had doubles of I think three of those. The five that are in that line, I think there's five in that line. The four Buster's and Janine, I think, or is it Lewis? Right. Uh Lewis, for, for you talking about Ecto, Ecto the Ecto Glow, yeah, Ecto Glow. Yeah, it's Lewis. Okay, no Janine, I believe. No Janine. Okay, so I yeah, don't so, think so I had I had the full set of five. Then I had three that I had doubles of, and then I had I wow. think two that I had Holy triples crap. of. Um, and I was just saw like I looked at them. I was like, well, the best ones are already boxed and displayed in my collection. I can literally look over my computer here and look at them. And then I right. had a few in storage and I just was mm -hmm. like, Hey, I got one Ray that is the, the worst card that I have. Um, the bubble is a little yellow and, and dinged up. Um, you know, why not be like, Hey, why donate not, it. To yeah. Why not, why not, been right, looking for why not weeks. get it to someone that one's been looking for it Two is a fun and entertaining, uh, collector that's a huge Ghostbusters fan, you know, and someone right. that I, a group of people that I appreciate because, you know, I consume right. their content for free. Um, you know, mm -hmm. get free entertainment exactly. from them. That's what for... I'm thinking. It's sort of like a form of re reciprocity, right? Exactly. Recipro reciprocating for all the value they add to your life, right? And, and, You're and, adding uh, value to his life. That's exactly yep. what I told yeah. uh, Craig and Abigail. And, um, you know, I mentioned, I sent them, I sent a letter in the box and I just mentioned to, right. uh, to them and, and to Jake just how much I appreciate 
um, what they do. It's a lot of fun. I look forward to a new show every week. And then the eBay hang on Friday nights. It's like one of the highlights of the week. So I just thought yeah. it would be a fun way to, uh, to like Ryan said, reciprocate and show appreciation. And that was uh, – yeah. so- well, I imagine he's going to do an unboxing. Well, like, that's my do, that's it. my hope. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. Is he going to open it? Well, I assume so because made that a stipulation. He's so an like, open he's an open collector. I kind of sent it to him with the thought that he would open it. Now, whether he's going to do right. an actual vintage unboxing video, I don't know. That would I'm be sure. that would be fun. Yeah, I would imagine he would. I would imagine he would do mm-hmm. that because he was doing it for like some of the other stuff that. He was just buying, you know, willy nilly. So I would imagine something like that that he's been looking for for like a year or so, uh, that he would he would uh, he'd be doing a video on that, especially because it seems like now he's doing more unboxing videos than he's ever done. So yeah, and I actually, um, um, while we were talking about it, um, I actually had pulled up his Roomba unboxing video and was playing while you guys were talking about it. And um, you guys can't see it, but on the video, I'm I pulled up the beginning of that video where you see the. Um, Craig and Abigail's amazing collection of loose mm-hmm. um, figures, and I'm yeah. I'm using the mouse to circle right where the ectoglows are. And of course, in this video, he's missing Ray. Uh, mm. So you'll see right there <laughs> yeah. on that shelf where that'll be going when he gets the opportunity to unbox it and place it. And yeah, it would be cool if he did a video. That would be a lot of fun to uh, yeah. to watch. I do. I mean, you know, this is kind of I not necessarily maybe hypocritical, but it's going to make me cringe just because even though <laughs> that was part of my collection and I had duplicates of it, it, it is it's still tough at times to see people tear open these vintage figures, especially right. um, Ghostbusters ones for, for me and, and Star Wars ones, I'm sure for for Brent, you know, if you were into the carded, but like Brian said, man, you're taking that away from someone that, that maybe wanted it like that. But you know, yeah. it's all in the eye of the beholder, right. you know, yeah, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can look at the other side of this too. It's like for many of us, like, I don't know if Craig had that as a kid. Right. But for us, we never had that, those, that line as a kid. So for us, if we were to like, say you had like, four extra sets you're like you know i'm just going to open one so i have a pristine open one you know collection of them it would be kind of exciting for us too because we never really had it so we can kind of experience what it would be like you know 30 years later to open up that that line you know as Mm -hmm. as a as you know collectors but you know also fans you know Mm -hmm. so it kind of would be kind of be a cool experience to do that although you're right you know like you can I've seen bu- videos of people opening up like pristine Ghostbuster lines online. I'm just well, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's and like, right. so I saw that. I think linked on Yes Have some group therapy when um, WWE wrestler Zach Ryder, yes. who yes. friend of the yes. podcast, uh, he just oh, bought like a whole lot of vintage carded real Ghostbuster stuff in box, unopened, and just records him opening everything. And oh, people, yeah. was, oh. people went nuts, like oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I made a comment. I was just pretty much like, "How dare you!" And just have, but then I had like the laughing emoji just to make people yeah. realize I wasn't like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm disappointed, but like I get it too. Like it is, they are toys. Yeah. Like and he talks about making mm-hmm. dioramas mm-hmm. or displaying them, you know, things like that. And um, right. you know, I have my entire crate of vintage toys from the '80s that you wouldn't you know, the three yeah. of us played with together and I mm-hmm. like watching my daughters now play with them. And if they get beat up mm-hmm. and dirty, what does it matter? They're 35 plus years old, but it is nice right. to be able to go back. And like Brent mentioned, when we started this topic, 
I, I love the box art of the real Ghostbusters figures. The the colors, yeah. the 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 artwork, the the way they display, and I just think it's it, it's great. And that's why I'm just like, you know what? If I finish my collection, I don't have to worry about yeah. people opening them because then I'll have everything, and it won't matter. Right. So right. it's just unfortunately everything's well, super expensive, so it just takes time. Well, let me let me ask you about the reverse scenario then, because uh, this happened to me a couple of years ago. And I'll get your opinion on this. So I had for years what I considered probably, in my personal opinion, the greatest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, action figure line ever made, which was the NECA uh, yes. uh, Ninja Turtles based on the comic books, right? And yeah. I, I, I say that for because because I, the Turtles for me, uh, when I think of them, I always think of the comic books, the Eastman and Laird. Right. Well, um, that's where you were exposed comic. to them originally. Right. Right. And so. I had, you know, all four turtles, April O'Neil, which was a Comic-Con exclusive, and uh, Mouser set, um, and they were all in, in, in package. And uh, there were two variants. There was a set of four uh, guys, four turtles that were black and white. Um, yes. just so they looked like they came right out of the comic. And then there were the color, uh, colorful ones, which I had. Um, yeah. And I had them for years and I kept them in box and in storage because I said, boy, I can't wait till I get my own house and I have my own dedicated place that I can open these up and stage them because these are my favorite turtles that I've ever had. Yeah. Okay. So years went by and we were getting ready to move, I think for a third time. And I was getting ready to pack up the turtles again to, you know, cause it, again, I still didn't have a right, the right place for them. I still didn't feel comfortable packing them up, you know, unpacking them, whatever. And I looked them up and it turns out that the full set was going for hundreds of, it was worth hundreds of dollars. Now I bought them when they were new, you know, on the shelf and I just got them. Um, and I had somebody pick me up in April at Comic-Con and stuff. So it was great. But at that point I looked at them and I said, like, I can't justify opening these anymore. Like they're worth so much to somebody else yeah, right. in package. And I want to open them up and it's like, my goal is to open them, but like, I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know when they're going to be, when they're ever going to be, when I'm ever going to be in the place to open them. And like, I was tempted by the value of the figures, especially when you're moving. <laughs> I was tempted by the value that I saw. So I sold the whole set. Um, and, you know, today I still look back on it and I don't necessarily like regret the move, but I still wish I had those turtles to display because now i have a place for them right and they're still the, the very best but here's the thing two a couple of years ago um they made playmates made a a line of uh, comic book turtles they're not nearly as detailed articulate or or to scale like the the neca ones were which were absolutely you know point for point like a comic book ninja turtle from the original eastman and laird but they serve the purpose and i have a full set of those right and those were like seven dollars a piece or something like that right so i have them all and they're all displayed and i love those so there was a scenario where i had stuff that was mint on card and i didn't feel right opening it because it was worth so much to somebody else and so i got rid of them um hmm. that's kind of the reverse scenario in my mind of you know how much do i want to buy this thing that's vintage that i really want just because i'm going to open it right 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 that makes sense yeah it's one mm -hmm. of those you know, uh, there's no real – everything's subjective. There's no objective way right. to go about figuring it out. Your mileage is going to vary. It mm -hmm. all depends on what do you 
value what does you value it in your collection how does it make you mm-hmm. feel you know it's like that was about a year ago and marie kondo was like does it what was that does it bring you joy does it bring yeah. you joy yeah you know <laughs> uh-huh. and does it bring you joy or the money you could get for it does that bring you greater joy do you does it bring you joy to be in the box or does it bring you joy to be displayed right i, I guess the other aspect because i mean i think we've pretty much established that i'm pretty much a like mint on card mint in box like the things that i get for the most part stay that way because one well i'm not playing with these things um and Mm -hmm. if i feel like i want to well i have my originals from the 80s and 90s that i can hop on the floor with my daughters Mm -hmm. and play with the, the the originals that i have there now not everyone can do that but that's one easy way to justify keeping the ones i have on card however and i find this i don't know maybe there is a little bit of uh um, not a double standard, but just uh, maybe a surprise that some of the higher end stuff that I've acquired over the years, things that cost way more than individual action figures, you know, more like the, the sideshow or the hot toys, um, the helmet replicas, you know, those things are very expensive, much more expensive than action figures, at least for the contemporary modern things. But those I end up I end up opening because I feel like they display better outside of their package. Whereas that might be different though. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that might be different though. And that like that comes in like a box that you open, you, you, you might have to cut some tape to open it. Right. But if you wanted to resell that, say like 20 years from now, you could put it back in the styrofoam. You could put any covering in it still. You could put the original art, you know, letter of authentication in there and it would, basically be right brand new like you took it out of it's mint in box it's not not mint in sealed box it doesn't have the original tape on it and it has been displayed in you know even though that mine is you know a smoke-free home uh it's not pet free uh it would be displayed with the chance of accumulating dust so um you know i guess i look at i'm spending all this money now I would like to show it off. Like I don't want my sure. stormtrooper helmets, clone trooper helmets in the box because they look so much better yeah. in the display right. cabinet. Mm-hmm. Same thing with it's some true. of the hot toys. You know, I have a lot more hot toys than I have displayed, but I only have so mm. much room. So obviously mm. I still have all the boxes for everything so I can rotate them if I want to, but those mm. will all hopefully one day be open and displayed. And I have, I think four of them out right now to go with the corresponding uh, replica helmets, but I don't want to put right. just a, a, a box of a sideshow, you know, 12 inch figure. I want it out and uh, the ability for people that to makes see sense, it. Though. I don't want to just yeah. see mm-hmm. the artwork because, you know, action figures are for the most part come in a box with a clear window. So you can still see what's inside. Whereas the mm-hmm. sideshow stuff, they may come with one that a window flips out. But to me, I don't know. It's just not the same thing. And it sounds really stupid, especially for someone that isn't a toy person or a collectible person. They would probably be like, you are speaking gibberish. If Kelly was sitting next to me right now, <laughs> right. she would slap me yeah. and be like, nothing yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. makes any sense. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. it does make sense, though, because like something like that, like you're right, you know, is meant to be displayed. Like it's built to be displayed. It's a display piece. You know what I mean? Like something, something like the like, say. For, for example, you had an opportunity to purchase two in-package proton packs from 1987, right, uh, from real Ghostbusters. And one of them was mint in pack with that had not been opened, and one of them was just in – it had box and, and contents, right? Uh, so uh, with, all, with all the original parts, you probably would go for the one that was mint in box and, and keep it in – 
without being open, not cracked open, right? right? Because that is is displayable from the box, right? You you can see the box art. You know that all the contents are sealed inside. You know, um, whereas you know you get a box from Sideshow that has a helmet in it. Like the, the box is nice, but it's not as appealing to as like the actual helmet. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I think there's a, there is a fine line. It's a kind of interesting you brought it up because there's like a gray area there, like where where opening in that case. Like I'd be curious if one of those replica helmets that you have, like the Stormtrooper one, would be less now that you've displayed it as opposed to like never being open. Because yeah, I don't I, know. I would imagine that. The, I imagine the price difference wouldn't be that much different if you still have the original boxes with the paperwork and all the all the contents that would go in the box, you know, instructions or whatever. Like, I would imagine that wouldn't be that much of a of a decrease in value for something like that. But that as was long the as first the, thing I, that popped into my head was that kind of dichotomy of opening, right. not opening. <laughs> like, I'm keeping the cheaper things to buy up front, mint. But the more expensive mm-hmm. things I'm opening and like, is there a, a double standard there or what, what's going <laughs> it's a on? Paradox, like, yeah. It, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Paradox is a perfect way to put it. What exactly <laughs> like, does it make any sense? But I feel like, I don't know. I don't think I'm unique in that way. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, maybe it's something like looking at toys from, you know, the seventies and eighties, the way their value has increased over time, especially certain properties, Whereas maybe the more expensive things, they'll continue to hold their value, but it won't go up. Whereas things right. that are cheaper, but because they get used and played with so hard, there's not as many around. And right. I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You could honestly, you could probably write a thesis on collecting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so That's there cool. are some books. So honestly, I mean, I've come across them in my work on uh, cultural studies and, and uh, consumer culture. There are books on collecting and there are books on collecting culture. And um, I just read an article, a, a critical analysis of unboxing videos. So it exists. Mm. It definitely exists. Yeah. Well, some of the so, stuff I think uh, unboxing videos, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You can finish it up. I was just saying like some of it is like, I, I, I said earlier, I don't really buy like uh, baseball cards anymore. That's like a whole different rabbit hole, right? But I love watching people open up baseball cards online, like to see what's out there because I can kind of live vicariously through them, you know, in terms of like, okay, I'm not buying mm-hmm. it for myself, but I can at least kind of live it to, to the most extreme I can uh, mm-hmm. as closely as I can by just watching somebody else do it and like get their excitement from from opening it and getting an autograph or whatever they get in the, in the cards. So like, right. even though I'm, I, I have no plans on like collecting modern baseball cards, like I still like to watch people do it. So it's, yeah, I, I, get I don't know why that is. I, I enjoy, yeah. why, I, why do I watch unboxing videos occasionally, especially of stuff that maybe that I own, I guess maybe it's because I may I'm not opening them. So now I want to see, you know, what the, yeah. what they look like open, but yeah. Why do right. I watch Especially like, why do I watch videos of things I'm never going to own and aren't interested in owning, but it's still interesting to watch them open it. Like, I'm never going <laughs> to own a vintage Ewok action figure. Like, that's not on my right. list of things to get, but I'm going to watch that everything that Craig and Abigail and Jake do on Yes Have Some. I'm going to watch those videos. I, I, they're right. they're entertaining to me. So Yeah. Right. So, so what were we going to so say, uh, so yeah, so other scenarios. So we talked about sort of two scenarios so far. I'm I'm interested in this third, third dimension, which is your sort of. Uh, these were the first two scenarios that we talked about were sort of all like the the gray zones and the 
the tension points, right? The, 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 the scenario I want to talk about next is like, what are the clear cuts for you? Like, what are the, what are the easy decisions, right? So I'll give you my example to go back to uh, Dazzler, right? So the Disco Dazzler, I really wanted that figure. Um, but, and, and it's not rare by any means, and it's certainly not old. It, it came out in the last 10 years. And uh, so I searched around for it on eBay. And of course, several came up. It was not rare. Um, but again, there's the age old question of like, okay, do I get a boxed one just because I'm going to open this thing anyway, because I want to display it. I know that from the outset. Um, and then I stumbled upon what I, what I considered the perfect scenario which was uh, somebody on eBay selling Disco Dazzler open box. So oh, yeah, Dazzler, yeah. Dazzler uh, came with, you know, like I don't like particularly like this strategy, but people do it. Uh, companies do it to sell more figures. They package a build a figure in with it. And yep. Dazzler had an important build a figure piece yep. in with her. And so this person bought the Dazzler figure uh, sliced open the side of the container with a exacto uh, knife to get the build a figure piece out, mm-hmm. and then the Dazzler figure was untouched and was still in the box and sold it like that on eBay. And all that was clearly stipulated in the in the pictures and in the description. But that to me was like the gold scenario, right? Yeah, I'm taking perfect. a figure. Best of both worlds. I, yeah, I want, I want, and this has not been played with and it's, I know it's in yeah. good condition and I can display it. It's going to be pristine. It's going to look great. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, opening up somebody else's box. I'm not taking one off the market that somebody else is going to. So like, that was like my guilt-free easiest eBay purchase yeah, ever. No, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That works out really well. And I think yeah. um, the, the, the hardest thing to make a corollary is because it's a modern contemporary thing. But if you go back maybe to like the, the Rumba had a coin with it. So maybe you want the figure you have not, you don't, you're no interest in the coin, but what if there was a collector that had a loose Rumba, but didn't have the coin, they the coin, bought the right. mint, everything, they cut the coin out. And then you're just like, well, I don't really need the figure. And then you right. buy the figure. Would you have? I wouldn't have a problem opening that because it's already been no desecrated right. by someone cutting the yeah, coin out. Of course, <laughs> right, um, right? Yeah, that would probably be the closest um, companion yeah. mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. in that sense of, of the world. That's a good point. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes yeah. down to who's the person that owns the item. What do you want to do with it? Um, I, and you can't really go any farther than that. Uh, it would be. It's tough to watch vintage toys get open but again if you desperately need that in your collection you better go buy it when you can you know prioritize it and get it and then keep it well i think there's there's different values i mean i i see people selling stuff online all the time that's like okay do you want there's like three levels of of figures like for example like there'd be that rumba figure without that's that's in like played with condition with without any accessories that would be one then there'd be one that's like the the with with accessories in great condition and then there's like in box right and i remember as a kid and brian you remember this quite well when i was mm-hmm. young when i was in like fourth fifth grade i would go to pagoda comics uh, on yes, Penn pagoda. avenue and mm-hmm. i would and i would pick up vintage star wars figures for three four dollars a piece but they were just in little baggies that they had repackaged them in yep um and hung up and sold and i would buy them for like three four five dollars a piece um, but they, I was intended to play with those figures. So they were vintage right. figures that I was collecting, but also playing with. 
This is even before 1995. I was going to uh, say that's the, that's the... the real ticket there. You, 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 if you wanted to buy Star Wars, like you were a young Star Wars fan at, at, at the at the wrong time, right? Because yeah. you were you were post Jedi, you post Return of the Jedi uh, right. fanaticism and pre Power of the Force 1995. So you yeah. were like in the the Star Wars desert trying to find figures, yes. right? And so. Yeah. That's if you wanted to buy Star Wars figures to play with as a you know ten year old at that time, what did you do? Right. Well, you had to buy somebody's vintage you know figures from seventy seven, eighty, eighty three, eighty five, yep. and you did, and you played with them, right. and it was great. We all played with them. Yeah, and even to this day, like I still have those figures that I had. Some of them are in rougher condition, like the Lando is in really rough condition but then later on i found another lando at a flea market that i got that's like pristine that has the weapon and everything but i still have the other lando because part of that is it has like a little bit of a little bit of like uh nostalgia to that figure that i had when i was a kid and also the mm -hmm. one that i found later on as a more of a collector piece than anything you know so but uh but yeah that's it's kind of like there's le many levels and grades to how people collect too people will will just like not even care if the figure has its weapon, but then down the line, maybe sell that figure for a better, a better quality figure, you know, that has the weapon or whatever, has the accessories and things like that. So there's many levels like beginner collector or, or like, you know, a, you know, more of a seasoned collector that, that, you know, has higher, higher um, dollar items and things like that too. So, you know, so we're going to start to wrap things up here as we close in on an hour, but uh, this is, you know, kind of related, um, and not to be a play on the title, but a little bit of a tangent. Um, it's close to the topic we've been discussing, though. So, um, the retro real Ghostbuster figures are now shipping. I uh, mm. got notification that that is happening, which is a nice. positive for the three of oh us my here, gosh. because yeah. that means that I will have in hand very soon sets for each of us. Um, Excellent. I have, I believe the, the major purchase that I made, including the ones for you guys, I believe on the recommendation from people in Yes Have Some Group Therapy was to do in-store pickup. So I will mm. have to figure out how to get to Walmart to oh, pick up shoot. toys. Um, oh, no. Oh, interesting. It, it's fine. It's not that big a deal. I just wear a mask and, and, and figure it out. It's right. fine. Uh, I did have a set shipped to me as well. And that brings me to the point where apparently, and we've, I've seen other retailers do this. It's not limited to just Walmart where the retro re-release ghost, but real Ghostbusters figures are an exclusive, but right. they are sending them in poly bags, not boxes. Yeah. So the cards are being absolutely destroyed. Oh, uh, I, I heard something about that oh, with uh, no. Rebel, Force, Rebel Force Radio today was talking about that. They got a bunch of Star Wars figures in, and their cards were like the vintage card style ones, and they were wrecked. Destroyed. Some of them were, some of them were destroyed. Mm -hmm. Some of them were sent in boxes and were perfectly pristine, and some of them they were opening up like live on air and just like they were like cursing, like this is ridiculous. This card is bent completely yeah. in half. Mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, so. so that's like buying from places online like Walmart, Target, and Amazon has been a help, especially Amazon, to get uh, items, um, pop figures, 
Uh, even Star Wars figures. I don't buy very many Star Wars figures, a couple six inch here and there, but I do really like the 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 vintage ones, which we talked about two weeks ago, because I had gotten that first wave. Now, thankfully, right. that first wave was all sent to me together, so they were all in one yeah. bigger box, so uh, the cars were not destroyed. However, when I've gotten Star Wars stuff from them in the past, especially the three and three quarters, the few of those I've gotten over the last five years from Amazon, they've been sent in bags so the cards arrive pretty beat up Uh, Mm -hmm. but the modern stuff isn't going to hold the value that much so it's not that disappointing for me um and i I would like one pristine set of these re-releases i just think it would be nice to have um right does it value doesn't mean anything to me it's just to have them again because i'm actually looking forward to opening these and reliving you know 35 years ago 30 plus years ago sure. when we were doing that because i would like to you know with haley's birthday next weekend i would actually like to yeah. wrap a set up and have the girls open them uh because i think that would be extre- extremely fun because they know yeah. like they see my collection they know what they mean to me i think at least mm-hmm. stay puffed and slimer i would like to have wrapped up and have each of them open them and uh, not only mm-hmm. open as a gift but open them on the card like pull them out and to play with and like i said they've yeah. already been playing with my you know late 80s real ghostbusters toys that are you know i've seen better days i think it would be yeah, fun right. to see them open up the set of their pristine own. one. So yeah, I, I, awesome. you get a new, I, a new I, Ghostbusters toy. Like when's the last time you got to open up a new, you know, stay puffed, you know, that that's yeah, well, I mean, exactly, you know, there's all the exactly. recently so, not, you know, but um, I'm not yeah, that's, sweating that's, that's it too cool. much because I'm doing the in-store pickup for our sets. And I'm going to keep my set of those, you know, as pristine as I can, but the ones that the one set that's being shipped to me, that'll probably be designated for the girls to open. Yeah. Cause I'm expecting the cards to be jacked up. So, I see. Yeah. Well, you know, before uh, we before you not. divvy them up, like, let's talk. I, I haven't made any decisions yet about like how I'm going to display or like what my option is, or what my options are here for displaying. So like, there might be a scenario where like, if I'm going to open anyway, you know, I'll take a bent up card or something. If I'm just, but I don't know. I'm not sure yet. So you know, we can talk. Before yeah, we'll you talk divvy about it up. then. Once I once yeah. I have everything in hand, I have the the four sets. You know, I'll I'll talk to you guys and see what you want to do. If you were going to keep them on the card, or if you were going to open them up. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was just something I yeah. saw pop up. I thought we'd throw it here at the end. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, so nice. awesome. any uh, any final words on on the topic of the day um, before we close up? Anything you guys want to add about uh, opening or not opening toys and collectibles? I'm not really. I think uh, just uh, to go off what you were just saying, I think to kind of tie in my own thoughts, I think when I get these Ghostbuster figures, my plan is to keep them in the package. Because I've lived an entire life of the ability to play with them out of the package, so I think I think my plan is to like enjoy that card art, enjoy the nostalgia of the the the, the figure in his package. Um, if I wanted a loose one, I could always grab one from my parents' house, original collection. Um, and even though the packs are in terrible shape, um, I still have lived a full life of being able to enjoy them out of the package. So I think that's my plan uh, mm-hmm. for that reason. Mm-hmm. So anyway been a fun been a fun uh been a fun podcast to chat about this it's interesting doing you dig deep about you know yeah when i proposed the topic i didn't i wouldn't necessarily think we'd have an hour on it but uh there you go <laughs> i'm pretty sure we could talk up an hour nice about anything so yeah yeah, yeah I don't know that would be tough. um i did this week get um another um toy of the child i got a, a plush, oh, nice. plush mandalorian baby yoda 
So the girls nice. are having a great time running around with him because they think uh, he's the cutest thing in the world. And uh, <laughs> they haven't quite been able to um, get it through their heads, you know, that it is not Yoda. It is not a baby version of Yoda. We just call him KB Yoda because he looks like a baby Yoda, but it is not actually right. a baby Yoda. <laughs> no. They just kind of look at me and I'm like, okay, go yeah. play. <laughs> <laughs> have you been by the way uh have you been watching gallery oh yeah yeah i'm all am i all completely caught up i don't know if i There's saw the episode what was yeah, oh no yeah with the practical Friday. practical effects yeah i watched that one yeah my favorite one yeah, was it, the week the week before on the volume the the cgi or yes, essentially yes, what they are now that. how they are now recording wow yeah. how impressive was that this that is one is of the best cool. like behind the scenes documentaries i've ever seen of like a show you know it's what been I mean? really like, fun. It's so cool. Yeah, I it's like the really roundtable cool. aspect. It's kind of like yep. just, there's no script. They're just talking, and then they they intersperse, you know, clips and video and, and stuff like that. And man, the yeah, one on the volume really well last Friday was impressive. Yeah, very cool. I love how George Lucas showed up to the set and like they were ready to like wow him with it. He's like, he's like, yeah, I've been trying to do. I, he's like, I've been working on this yeah, for years. Right. He's, he's <laughs> like, exactly what I was trying to do with the for the prequels. But yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I guess he just never got to finish that real world kind of kind of uh, video screen thing. But he's like, this is what I was doing with green screen. You guys, exactly, you, you, you yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Um, so. All righty. All right, gentlemen. Well, thanks again for joining me for episode 11 of Tangents with Friends. Absolutely. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, in the next month, we'll be able to connect uh, another time um, before the summer really gets rolling here. And uh, next thing we know, it'll we'll be looking at fall. So kind of yep. crazy. Well, we would have been we would have been scheduling our uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, oh, episode yeah. right now. Oh Jeez. boy, let's not let's not go there. That's uh, cool. We gotta wait. A sore two, subject. Two hundred and seventy-nine yep. days, gentlemen. Two hundred and seventy-nine uh, days. <laughs> so, uh, and it would have been like thirty, you know? Yeah, it would. Just, yeah, it would really. I mean, yeah, because what was it? July, early July, or July 8th 11th, or something right? like that. Yeah, it's it it July tenth, something like that. So yeah, we'd be looking. We're just standing at forty days, but. uh yeah. yeah, so Monday is June first, which means that Tuesday is Brent's birthday. So happy early birthday, right. Brent! And then, Thank like you, I said, uh, a week from today is is Haley's birthday. So uh, ha- happy early birthday to my youngest, turning five! So, wow. Um, yeah, she. Uh, That's so crazy that she's five already. I know she'll Holy be five. Moly. So, but well, well, uh, Adeline is ten months. Old I, today, I was just gonna so. say, hey, in a couple months, oh, yeah, I was gonna say that this, happened this week too. Yeah, in a couple months when we're so. doing this show, we're gonna say, I can't believe Adeline's almost one. I know it's really crazy. Mm. It's really crazy. So, <laughs> all right, flies. guys. All right, guys. Well, appreciate yeah. you joining me here for this episode, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you all again really soon. All right, guys. guys, Have a good one. All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that wraps up this episode of Tangent with Friends. And we'll be back again, hopefully, within the next three or four weeks to talk more uh, film, entertainment, television, and, of course, toys and collectibles. Thanks for listening to Tangents with Friends. You can find more episodes at jmnjrradio.com. And if you do want to hear about sports, tune into the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show live every Sunday.